The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is The Future of Business with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, 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 and if you want to run with the Game Changers, you know you're in the right place. You've been here before, and we're going to treat you well. The buzz today, hey, Siri, is that you? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Alexa, are you there? Hold on. Cortana, help, help me, please. Okay, only kidding. If you think Siri, Alexa, and Cortana are just these fun, cool, cute voice command helpers you can use for personal use, like, hey, Siri, what was that song? And hey, Cortana, where's the best Italian restaurant within three minutes that has fresh flowers on the table? That's really cool, but think again. Virtual assistants, that's what they are. Virtual assistants in the form of bots, that's B-O-T-S, built on APIs and natural language processing are ready to change the way we do business. Me, you, everybody we know in the business world. They stand or sit, however you look at it, they stand ready to help you and your team with scheduling, with emails, with market updates, with routine tasks, with communications, and so much more. What does this mean to you? Well, it doesn't mean just having more fun at work. It means, and this is a big, big benefit here, previously unimaginable operational efficiencies and futuristic customer experiences can become the standard for your company. Wouldn't you love that? Who wouldn't? My goodness, all from a bot. Who knew? We have a panel of three experts assembled by our series sponsor, Dave Fowler, who I believe is listening. And I'm going to introduce them now. They're active on Twitter. We're going to have a really good time. And if you want to join us on Twitter, it's hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. That's right, S-A-P Radio. First up, I'd like to welcome Raj Koneru, K-O-N-E-R-U. He is the CEO and founder of a company named Core, K-O-R-E. Raj has sent me a wonderful quote from Peter Drucker, one of our favorites. And just as a reminder, those of you who don't know, it was Peter Ferdinand Drucker, an Austrian-born American management consultant, educator, and author whose writings contributed to the philosophical and practical foundations of the modern business corporation. Listen to this. If you want to, if you, if your company uses MBO, management by objectives, you can blame Peter Drucker. He invented the concept. He also is considered to be the founder of modern management and he even won the U.S. Presidential Medal of Freedom. So there, here's the quote, the best way to predict the future is to create it. Raj Kaneru, welcome to Game Changers. How are you, Raj? Hi, Bonnie. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Are you a big follower of Peter Drucker? Tell me how you picked the quote, because I think it's perfect. Talk to me. Well, I've read Peter Drucker's uh, writings over the years, and this particular quote is uh, interesting because uh, 
sort of technology has had a way of like not being predicted uh, predictable in terms of what gets acceptance and what does not and you know you can only try to make something work and uh, something you know magically works uh, both in the consumer world and the enterprise world so i think even steve jobs said it that you know many times a customer doesn't know he needs something or would want something you go create it and put it out there and and people realize oh my god why why was that all these years so i think this particular quote is very relevant to the world of artificial intelligence which has been around for a while but mm-hmm. at the new incarnation of how artificial intelligence is going to be delivered through these virtual assistants i think is uh, is something that one can predict will happen and one can actually make it happen and create it as we go along Thank you, Raj. Quick question for you. In my introduction, I started out saying, hey, people think of Siri and Cortana, Alexa, you know, all the cute little female names we got for bots. Uh Aha. They think they're just for fun, personal use. Is this revolutionary or evolutionary saying we want to use personal assistance at work? Will this come from the outside in, meaning employees are coming in and saying, hey, I want to use Siri at work to help me with this? Or will management say it's time for AI, it's time for enhanced productivity, it's time for bots as a workplace, we're going to adopt them? Where will it come from? Well, I think in the the consumer world, I think Siri, Alexa, Cortana, uh, M from Facebook and a few others are trying to sort of do anything and everything for a consumer, you know, from booking a restaurant to uh, having information about weather and sports scores and sort of like eat the web kind of uh, assistance in some ways. So they're almost like a replacement to your to your web browser uh, in some fashion, or at least they're, they're fashioning themselves to be a replacement for how you get information from the web uh, in general. In the workplace, I think it has a very different connotation. Uh, today, employees have to use more applications than they used to to do their jobs because of the level of automation and application technology that has uh, invaded the workplace, which has brought a lot of productivity and uh, business process improvements over the years. But as we have seen uh, the interface to the employees to use those applications move from the web to mobile devices, I think virtual assistants that you use at the workplace that make it very easy for you to pull up information or complete a task, you know, has tremendous potential in terms of productivity gains, uh, which will result in, you know, either revenue uh, improvement or cost reduction in general. So I think given applications have defined scopes and defined uh, tasks that get done through applications, the success of virtual assistants, I predict, will be much more within an enterprise rather than uh, the consumer-like virtual assistants, which have a Herculean task to sort of gobble up the web in some ways. Mm-hmm. 
Thank you very much for entertaining and indulging my question, Raj. Pleasure to have you on board. And I see you've got some some fans of yours are tweeting. We have Ryan tweeting and we have Alicia tweeting. And I see you're on there as well. Hashtag SAP Radio. Follow us there live. Thank you. And let me introduce our second panelist. He is Vic Bagat, B-H-A-G-A-T. He's an industry expert and the former executive VP and CIO of EMC Corporation. Vic has sent me a wonderful quote. All the quotes are wonderful from Elon Musk. Elon Musk was born in 1971. He's a young one. He's a South African-born, Canadian-American boy. Is that a lot of countries in there? South African-born, Canadian-American business magnet, engineer, inventor, and investor. He's the founder, CEO, and CTO of SpaceX, co-founder, CEO, and product architect of Tesla Motors, chairman of SolarCity, co-chair of OpenAI, co-founder of Zip2, co-founder of PayPal, and just to wrap it all up in a neat bow, as of January this year, Elon Musk Musk's net worth was estimated at, are you ready for this, $12.4 billion with a B, and he is considered the 39th wealthiest person in the U.S. Now that we know the strength of this quote, here is the quote. When Henry Ford made cheap, reliable cars, people said, nah, what's wrong with a horse? That was a huge bet he made, and it worked. Vic Bagat, welcome. How are you, Vic? I'm doing terrific, Bonnie. Thank you for inviting me here. Delighted to be Thank here. Thank you. And we have to do a shout-out to you. You're a brave soul. You're calling in from an airport. Where are you traveling to, from and to, Vic, just so we know where you are? I am just getting ready to go back home from uh, San Francisco to Boston. Okay, well, we'll welcome you back on the East Coast. So if anybody hears any airport-ish noises in the back, it is the the bot at the airport making the announcements trying to help passengers like Vic. So Vic, love the quote from Elon Musk. Thank you for that. Now, nah, what's wrong with the horse? So we could say, now, nah, what's wrong with Vic putting on wings and flapping them? And then we had airplanes. So thank you to the Wright brothers. Vic, tell me, are you a big fan of Elon Musk? And how does this quote apply for us today? And I'm, I'm absolutely a big fan of um, Elon, for sure. And I'm one of the you know, fortunate ones that actually owns one of his cars, a Tesla car. Oh. Um, and it's completely, you know, completely changed. If I were to really quote Robert Frost's, you know, one of the, uh, the poems or one of the quotes he had, you know, travel the road that is less traveled, go on a road that's less traveled. This is what Henry Ford and Elon Musk are actually doing. This, they are going away from what usually people are so used to and, and are comfortable with, you know. So, for example, if you look at Elon, and when he when he when he quotes uh, Henry Ford's um, uh, ability to create cheap cars, Elon is saying, "Hey, can I create a car that is becoming more and more personal to you, and is becoming more aware of how you live your life?" Okay. So when I when we talk about bots, Bonnie, I think you did a you know fabulous job talking about bots coming into you know into our lives. Now bots have been around. Remember when mm-hmm. when we did navigation in our car? Uh, you know when I had a car uh, five, six, seven years ago, you couldn't put real navigation while driving the car. So you did voice activation. You pushed a little button on your steering wheel, mm-hmm. and you gave the car instructions that you're going to 500 Park Street or New York City, and it would actually put the directions and, and give you the navigation. So even before Siri and Cortana and all of that, we had Sonia, is what we called our, our uh, virtual assistant, in the car. Now what's happening is, in this digitized world or in this digital era, people are so used to um, consuming all of this information with microservices, right? 
gone are the days when we used to have monolithic applications or monolithic capabilities. And when I talk about monolithic, let's talk about Tesla. A car is a monolithic entity. Now, if with microservices and bots, you can tell the car to do certain things, it's, it's enormous. So, mm-hmm. so in my case, I bought the car about a year ago, okay? And, and, and I, the way I got the car was it was a completely unconventional way of selling it. You could actually buy the car in a mall. You go to a store and you buy the car in a mall. You don't have to go to a car dealer and, and negotiate, mm-hmm. go back and forth, and, you know, let me sleep over it. And, you know, none of that stuff. You just go to the mall, you go to the car. But here's, here's the kicker. When I actually walked in, I had, at that time, my 11-year-old son with me. And uh, we walked into the store, got into the car. You know, I'm a big technology enthusiast, so I got on the driver driver's side, and I'm looking checking out all the, you know, the, the, the cool features of the car. <laughs> and yes. my son gets in from the passenger side, and he looks at this big 17-inch screen, which is totally connected to the Internet at all times. And the first thing out of his mouth was, Dad, I can do my homework here. <laughs> you know? Donnie, just for that reason I had to buy the car, imagine how much it takes us parents to coax our children, our, our, our kids true. to do the homework. Most so kids said, say, Dad, are we there yet? And your kid says, well, I can do my homework in the car. That's, you know what? We right. could swap out the Elon Musk quote for your son's quote. I think that's absolutely a gem. Thanks for relating that to real world. By the way, you want to adopt me? I can tell you what car I want you to buy. Is that okay, Vic? I'll, I'll talk to you later after the show. I mean, I'm telling you, it is just a, it's, and this is what is happening. You know, for the last 12 months that I've owned the car, I have gotten over 20 new features in the car without buying a new car. Wow. And all of wow. this has been updated via bots and over-the-air technology. The car right? that Imagine keeps on giving. Had, right. Imagine Vic, if I is had it, a traditional car. Yeah, I know. Vic, is it fun to yeah. drive? Oh, it's, it's, it's absolutely fabulous. It's quiet. It's, it, it responds to you. And, you know, it, it's absolutely a phenomenal car. Um, and, of course, it's green, so the only liquid that goes in the car is a windshield washer fluid. That's it. Oh, my goodness. Right? Wow. And, and Th- so, <laughs> so, yes. so back to your thing, you know, this is why I'm a big fan of Elon Musk, because he is traveling the road that's less traveled, you know, even with SpaceX, what he's trying to do. So, and he's bringing it to us in our real life of how these assistants can actually help us consume with everything that's around us. Not just information, but everything that we do, how we drive, how we commute, how we consume information, how we consume things, because it's becoming a very consumption-based model. And this is where, you know, as a CIO for multiple uh, enterprises, I am getting educated that everything is going to convert into instant gratification, because today's generation... You know, I was just watching a, a YouTube event where kids that are born after 1995 think that Windows 95 is a monolithic app. They're like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? It takes that long to boot up a PC? They live in the Twitter world where it's instant gratification. They do. Imagine if you could convert that to virtual assistants. So let me pause there and see if 
Bonnie, if you want me to go any other direction. Thank you. No, I want to bring on our other panelists. We have Udav Gupta waiting patiently in the wings for his quote. Thank you so much, Vic. We love the story. And uh, yes, enjoy your Tesla and enjoy your flight back to Boston. Let me bring on our third panelist. He is Udav Gupta. Let me spell his name. You may want to follow him. U-D-U-D-D-H-A-V, Gupta, G-U-P-T-A. He's the global VP, SAP platform as a service at SAP, of course. Udav has introduced me to someone I was never aware of. Her name is Pearl, I'll say Zhu, Z-H-U. Some of you might pronounce it Zhu or or Shu. I'm not sure, but uh, a lot of interesting quotes from this lady. She has more than 20 years of technical and business working experience in IT, information technology, e-commerce, international trading. She's considered a forward-looking digital visionary. She wrote The Digital Master. Look it up. It's a guidebook to help businesses navigate their digital digital journey. She's also considered a digiteer, someone who weaves business insight and technology foresight into the future of the digital organization. You may know her as a blogger, the creator of The Future of CIO. She has 700,000 views and she blogs every single day. My goodness gracious. Blending Western management and Eastern philosophy. She also shares poetic quotes to touch your heart and mind. Very interesting lady. Here are three quotes. Udo sent me two. I found another one I love. So, Uda, bear with me for a second. Quote number one from Pearl Zhu, I'll say. Digital creates the new demand and dimension for the global leadership mindset. That's number one. Number two, innovation is the only bridge to mind the digital gaps. Number two. And, Udav, here's the one I found. Digital age of business and world shall move up from apathy to sympathy to empathy. How's that for a quote when we're talking about bots? Udav Gupta, welcome. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks, Ronnie, for having me on on the show. We're delighted to have you. What do you think of the quote I found from Pearl? A good one, too? Oh, it's it's perfect. It's lovely, in fact. It actually is. It's poetic, and, and that's the side of Pearl most people probably don't know. So tell us, uh, Udav, how did you come to, how do you know Pearl Zhu? Would you follow her? Uh, yeah, I've been following her, and I've been reading a lot of stuff that she writes, uh, given that I am basically front and center with respect to the whole digital transformation a lot of enterprises are undergoing today. right? And uh, so she's written some really great articles from a CIO standpoint, uh, from what an enterprise or people working with an enterprise should know when they're undergoing a complete digital transformation. Uh, she's also written some great articles on how digital transformation is easing uh, things in multiple different industries. So if you have some time, a good read uh, to have on your flight, uh, whether you're traveling or just, you know, uh, a couple of reads uh, during the week. Very, very interesting. Do you follow her every day? Are you on the uh, are you on the list for getting updates from her? Like I'm on the list for Seth Godin and I get his every day. Is that something we could do with Pearl? I follow her on a weekly basis. I, I don't follow her on a daily basis. But whenever she's got something interesting, I basically look up for her. Okay. Any comments from you, Udav? We've had a lot of comments so far on Raj's quote and on Vic's quote. Anything you want to reflect back? I want to give you a little more time here in our intro. Anything you'd yeah, like to no, comment absolutely. on? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, Please. when I think about the bots, right, I go back to a show I used to follow when I was growing up back in India. The show's name was like Giant Robot, right? And the whole show was about this really large, huge robot uh, who could basically do anything from flying to firing to crushing the enemy 
and basically lifting and transporting people from here to there, etc. Right? But the beauty about this robot was the entire robot was being controlled by a watch of a tiny guy on his wrist. Right? And today when I think about it, right, that's not very far from how, if you basically think of the robot being an enterprise, right, really large, really can do a lot of things. And you think of the Apple Watch as being the watch on the wrist of the tiny young guy. Uh, there's a lot you can do in an enterprise today through that same watch, right? And so what seems very hypothetical in, you know, the back 1980s is actually real today. You can actually do a lot of stuff like that today. And then if you think about the stuff that's happening in 2005, 2007, uh, when Iron Man came out, right? Jeez, mm-hmm. I wanted Jarvis at that point of time, right? Uh, I wanted Jarvis who I could basically talk to and tell him to do a lot of my stuff that I do on a daily basis. And both those things are becoming very, very real now, right? If you think about it, the interaction with a lot of software is becoming through bots. Uh, people do not want to actually go ahead and anymore have screens where they actually do the mundane typing task. Uh, most of the software that's coming out in the digital age is very much um, in terms of communicating via speech, uh, via natural language processing with these uh, backend systems or enterprise software. Right? So it's, we're in a juncture where it's really, really beautiful. Uh, digital transformation is taking place across multiple different fronts, all the way from the user experience down to how enterprise software is actually being written. Right? Now, coming back to my code itself, right? why do I say uh, it's basically uh, this innovation that closes the gap, and why do we basically need a change in the leadership mindset? Uh, if you think about digital transformation, right, it's a long journey. Uh, it's almost like the computer technology's revolution itself. Right? It's going to be a long journey. And as you basically go down the route of digitalization, um, there are a whole bunch of questions that basically will arise on leadership. How do you basically go about running an enterprise that is transforming from being a classic process-driven enterprise to actually a completely transformed uh, enterprise that's going ahead with a lot of uh, communications that's happening on a digital front? The strategy of companies is basically changing bedtime. Uh, now you do not have interaction directly with the end person. You're basically having interaction through a system. That changes a lot of things when you basically look at strategy. Cultures, uh, if you look at talent that you bring on board, it's going to be very different. Uh, mm-hmm. Financing, it takes a completely different turn. Uh, now you're basically spending stuff on different kinds of innovation as compared to what you would basically spend otherwise. And, you know, if you go on this route, there's a lot of things that basically changes, which is why I basically chose my code that says, uh, you know, it really opens up a very different global leadership mindset. Thank you very much, Uta. Very well put, and I appreciate all of your quotes. Thank you. And now it's time for us to take a little coffee break or whatever you're drinking or whatever you're thinking about drinking. Let's start with Raj Koneru at CORE, K-O-R-E. Raj, where are you calling from and what's in your cup today or what are you planning to drink after the show? Oh, I'm at my office, uh, Bonnie, and I love my strong cup of Starbucks coffee first thing in the morning and right after a call or a meeting, you know, that's the best thing to wake me up from some meetings, basically. Does it, so, ha- 
does it have a special flavor? Does it have a name? No, I'm I'm a straightforward, you know, bold coffee, start from Starbucks kind of guy, with okay. some half and half and some splendor. There now, so, now that's what I wanted to. Know. I wanted to know your recipe for success. And where is your office, <laughs> Raj? Where where exactly are you calling from? Oh, uh, we are in uh, we are in the backyard of uh, Mickey Mouse in uh, Orlando, Florida. <laughs> Okay, the real backyard of Mickey Mouse. Thank you very much. I hope the sun's shining there. By the way, people keep telling me, and I think when you and I met on our prep call, you were saying something about I was going to be jealous about the weather. You or somebody said that. We had almost 75-degree weather here in New York yesterday, and I haven't been out yet today, but it is gorgeous. Blue skies, sunshine, warm, people. Oh, my goodness, shirt sleeves. I'm looking outside. Nobody's wearing a coat. Got to pack the boots up, I hope. So, yes, we're having a no, little bit of yeah. Gorgeous. You know, just it's a, gorgeous. It's a beautiful I hope. Florida day, except we have politicians swarming the place nowadays. <laughs> yeah, we got those. We got our share of those in New York, too. We won't get into that. Thank you. Vic Bagad, apparently you're in an airport and on your way to Boston. Vic, what are you drinking? Something from a vending machine or something better than that? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm actually drinking Pete's Coffee, Major Dixon's uh, blend uh, nice. with a latte with a, with a shot of vanilla in there. Oh, how did you talk somebody into making? Did, wait a minute, did you call Siri or Katana for that? <laughs> no, I actually just—I was in the airport, just walked over and saw Pete's Coffee, one of my favorite uh, hangouts. We have one in uh, in Wellesley, Mass, which you know I, I uh, frequent. So I love I love Pete's Coffee, but uh, Major Dixon's blend has has become my favorite. Very nice. When I had my former coffee maker here at the house, I used to love to buy Pete's Major Dickinson's blend, and it was always wonderful. I like my coffee strong and dark and bold, and I won't finish the corollary of what I like also that way. We'll just leave that one (laughs) off the table. Thank you very much. Udav Gupta, where are you calling from, and what are you drinking today? Yeah, I'm calling in from Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of the Silicon Valley, right? So uh, I'm calling in from there, and uh, my cup, is actually filled with some freshly brewed Kashmiri chai. So for those who are not familiar with that, that's basically from the northern part of India. And it's essentially tea, uh, black tea, infused with uh, cardamom, some peppermint, nutmeg, and a few other spices like pepper. So it's got a really good kick to it. At the same time, it's got a really good flavor to it. And what was you the know, name Bonnie, of the tea you get, Udav? I want to tell what uh, was the name. I want to look it up. What was yeah, it? It's it's Kashmiri chai. So I spell it out. It's K A S H M I R I. That's Kashmiri as in Kashmir in India, and chai chai as in tea. Yes, I got it. And they also call it, I think, pink chai, noon chai. Oh, yes, they do. They do. Yes. They do. I'm looking at it. And Cook with Fayaz. Yes, all over the web. Ground pistachios and almonds. There are recipes. Wonderful. Go ahead. Finish talking, Udav. What? Yeah, and it's very interesting. I picked it up on a, on a business travel to Oregon. There's a shop in Oregon called Tea Chai Tea. Uh, I found the name very interesting, so that's when I walked into the shop. And they had like 150 different flavors of tea, right? So I picked up three or four different flavors, but that means amazing. Wow. And where in Oregon were you specifically? What city? Uh, Portland. 
Okay. I lived in Eugene for almost 10 years. I haven't been back in about 35 years, but just wondering. I'm sure wherever you were, it wasn't even around then. But I remember, fondly remember fond trips to Portland when I lived there. Thank you very much, guys. Very, very interesting drinks, very interesting people. And we have a great topic. Topic today, if you haven't picked it up already, it's got a bot virtual assistance and employee efficiency. And we've got all kinds of hashtags we're tweeting with today. We're tweeting with hashtag messaging, hashtag productivity, hashtag artificial intelligence, hashtag Hana story, hashtag SAP, hashtag future of work. And then we've got uh, Dave S. Fowler, who is on Twitter right now. And we've got Ryan Stature. And let's see, we've also got a lot of interesting people here. We've got Core, we've got Pamela tweeting, and we are at hashtag SAP radio. So join the party. If you have any questions for my panelists, I'll be happy to read them. Just include hashtag SAP radio. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. I'm drinking cool, clear water. They won't let me have caffeine on radio show days, and you know why. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to go summon our personal Siri, Alexa, and Cortana, take a cool, clear drink of something, and we'll be right back with the roundtable. My special guests today are Raj Kaneru from CORE, K-O-R-E, Vic Bagat, who is now an industry expert, formerly with EMC Corporation, and Udav Gupta with SAP Platform as a Service Global VP. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. You know the drill. We'll be right back. Justin out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The pace of innovation is moving faster than ever, and the future of business will be defined by how quickly business leaders adapt to accelerated ongoing change. Factors as diverse as business simplification, insights from growing volumes of data, the new global pool of talent, resource scarcity, business networks and supply chains, and the ever-present need for speed are shaping the definition of future success. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how business leaders can shape the future of change. The Future of Business with Game Changers is presented by SAP Services. Visit www.sap.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Future of Business with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to the future of business with Game Changers. Business indeed. The Twitter stream is lighting up here. We've got so many people tweeting. I'm just delighted. Lots of good comments. Join us at hashtag SAP Radio. We're going to kick off our roundtable. I think we already started it about 20 minutes ago, but officially we're going to kick it off with some notes here from Raj Kaneru at Core. Raj told me the following very interesting point of view POV in his notes. He says, We've lost our way when it comes to communicating, collaborating, and taking action. A very bold statement, Raj. Unfortunately, he adds, businesses haven't yet figured out how to adapt and solve for these challenges, but it's about to change thanks to two realities. I'm going to let you fill in the blank there. Raj Canero, please get us started. Thanks, Bonnie. You know, 
when you think about how we communicate today versus like let's say 10 years ago you know our primary digital communication used to be via email and today i think uh for sure the millennials but even people uh, older than than the millennials are increasingly communicating through text messaging so long form communication is giving away to short form communication you know which if you extend that to applications you know we are used to getting these applications which are monolithic huge that have hundreds and hundreds of features and the typical 8020 rule applies to pretty much most applications which is 80% of the time and 80% of the users use less than 20% of the features i mean all of us must have used microsoft excel or powerpoint or word and i guarantee you 99% of the people don't use the power of any of those productivity mm-hmm. applications leave alone any business applications like you know sap or salesforce or uh, any of the other large business applications out there so the idea of you know changing communication styles with uh, the need for people to do things uh, quickly and faster and more efficiently i think makes the way for things like bots to come into play now from a messaging standpoint pure unstructured messaging standpoint we have seen uh, lots of companies like whatsapp and facebook messenger and uh, instagram and so on and so forth in the in the consumer world and a few applications in the enterprise world that have seen traction uh, specifically uh, in terms of uh, reducing email uh, creation or consumption and moving to a short form communication and collaboration solution but the very interesting element that comes to bear is that can i communicate with systems much like i communicate with people and be able to get tasks completed and get my job done or can i along with a team of people work with systems as if they are people and tell the systems what i want to get done uh, along with a team of people and be able to accomplish tasks and that was an interesting question that like we confronted at uh, core and we believe that the change in the communication and collaboration model uh, is just starting to happen it sort of started in the unstructured world but the biggest benefit of all is going to come in the structured world where bots that are able to do things back in your back end applications enable people to now stay within a messaging context and get stuff done much much more easily through speech recognition and natural language processing than we have ever seen before so Thank- in yes. terms of uh, how we have complicated our lives with you know current communication channels and collaboration uh, capabilities and applications i think the future is bright when it comes to how we communicate naturally through messaging and execute workflows and business process through messaging and that's where i see a big shift in the in the digital transformation of companies and this is not just about employees communicating with their applications i think there's a much 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 larger uh, impact to how consumers communicate with 
you know, digital brands. So mm. I could, today I go to a mobile app uh, for my bank and then look up my bank balances and maybe pay a bill or transfer some money. Or I go to a, an airline app to pull up a boarding pass or uh, look up my flight status. And there's so many apps for so many things. A sense of app fatigue is set in. And I believe that if there was an ability for people to talk to these apps in a simple manner and be able to do their tasks, people would much rather, rather, much rather do that than, you know, have to use these different applications as time goes on. Thank That's you, Raj. That's point of view. Yep. Great point of view, and I want to make sure we get time for Vic and Udav to join in. So, Vic, thoughts on what Raj just introduced for us, please? Two minutes. Yeah, sure, uh, Bonnie. Um, so, Raj makes a very profound observation, you know, that in a consumer world, that us as consumers are so used to leveraging capabilities and tools like WhatsApp, Instagram, you know, and, and Slack and others that are, that are around us to give us instant gratification as we look to uh, interact with things that are surrounding us, you know, things that are, whether it's car, whether it's trying to make a reservation at a restaurant or even trying to, you know, book a flight and all that, we're so used to it. But in the enterprise world, which is slow to catch up in the consumer side of the world, this is where it's going to be an enormous, enormous shift because the enterprise world has been so used to running ERP, large monolithic platforms, that, you know, I, I've spent 30 plus years in IT and I mm -hmm. grew up in that world where we used to say to the business, give me $10 million, give me 24 months and I'll build you a Taj Mahal. Those days are long gone. You cannot afford to have that conversation with the business anymore because the new generation that's coming in wants instant gratification. Back in the days, we could give, you know, uh, kids coming out of college, give them a break, put them in a cage and say, go work. And they'd be happy to do that. Now you try to do that with kids coming out of college. They say, you know what, Vic, I had better equipment at college than the stuff that you're giving me in your company. And you call yourself a technology leader? Right? So the exposure that the consumer world has right now and the choices that has to transcend into, a, into the enterprise world where we have to help the, 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 to accelerate the growth of a business by removing and eliminating that bureaucracy, by leveraging this, these, these thought leaders coming in and saying, here's how you should interact with the information that's already available. So think about, you know, when I, when I talk about from an a, um, uh, enterprise-wide, gas pipelines, right? When, when you have a huge gas pipeline, they have sensors every 100 yards, and these sensors are generating this information. How can we leverage that information to give us instant feedback that there is a possibility of a rupture, which is dangerous, or there's a possibility of something getting stopped that is going to stop the flow of whether it's gas or whether it's uh, oil or water, whatever it is, right? How can we give that to the business so the business operates more fluidly and in, in, a, in, a, in a faster pace by giving this information at the right time, at the, at the right point, without saying that it's going to cost you millions and millions of dollars to do so. And this is where Rogers, you know, and when he talks about these bots, I call them microservices, mm. right? 
So microservices are what is becoming more and more prevalent where you give a question and the answer comes right back to you. You know, similarly to what you and I have become used to leveraging Siri. Hey, Siri, what's the temperature out today? Oh, the temperature out in San Francisco is high of 60 degrees, blah, 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 rainy today. But imagine if we took that power and took it to a business, like I was, I was traveling right now from Boston to San Francisco, and I would go to my assistant and say, on so-and-so date, I'm traveling to San Francisco. I'm going to be having dinner with uh, XYZ at uh, whatever, restaurant, Ruth Chris Steakhouse and everything. Mm-hmm. And my assistant actually goes, books me on the flight, puts the reservation in, that, in the restaurant, sends an invite to whoever my, my dinner partner is, gets everything done and comes back. I don't have mm-hmm. to make 20 phone calls to make all of this stuff done. And I just gave you, you know, my, my personal stuff. But even in a business, it was, if I were trying to do this and I was trying to make some decisions, if I could get ready access to that data, I would make more calculated decisions and faster decisions, and you would then eliminate bureaucracy. Thank you, Vic. So great, is- great. I want to say great addition. I want to give Udav a chance to comment yep. on this because we have a lot to cover. But thank you very much. Great example. We loved it. Udav Gupta, thoughts on what Raj started and what Vic expanded for us, please. Yeah, expanding on both Raj and Vic's thought, right? The other thing that you need to know is the technology that exists today to basically solve complex problems in really, really high speed is available today. Right, So it's not only about just looking at parts to basically solve uh, things like, you know, let's go ahead and change a schedule or let's go ahead and change a basic plan. Uh, you actually can have parts do a lot more. The other day we were just basically playing around with one of the parts and uh, we were able to ask a question about what's going on in terms of the business in North America. And the bot was able to actually translate that into something meaningful and come back and say, hey, this is what's going on with your business in North America. And by the way, this is why it's actually behaving in this fashion. And that was amazing, right? Because that's the kind of interaction you would have between two human beings. And now you can actually have such meaningful conversations with the bot. And in order to support the bot, there's a technology that exists in the back end that allows you to do something like that. So it's amazing. I mean, like, where the bot industry and where the whole natural language processing industry is going is really, really remarkable these days. Thank you, Udav. Great wrap-up for that topic. And because we only have, my goodness, we have 10 minutes left until we go to predictions. I think we've been predicting all along. I'm going to move quickly into a topic from Vic Bagat's list. Vic, here's something very telling. I'm about to tweet this. I wanted to hear you say it first. You told me before the show, while the term robotics implies the human element is removed, it couldn't be farther from the truth. Why don't you tell us more about that? Very provocative, Vic. I, you know, I, I think you're absolutely right. It's not, you know, it's not something that robots are going to take over and, and you know, we are going to become uh, irrelevant. No, we are the ones that are going to look for that information. It is about how do you reduce and cut the cycle time to arrive at a decision. So if there are things that take 90 days to get done, can I do it in less than nine days, right? How can I automate? How can I digitize? those processes that are, that are disabling me from moving faster, this is where I would leverage the capability of bots, the microservices, and robotics that would still help me design my process but eliminate the bureaucracy and speed up the output. 
Thank you. Udav, you're next up around the table. What do you think about this concept Vic introduced? Do you think, in fact, that uh, the human element is really present and accounted for? Does it have to be? I think so. What do you think? Uh, I definitely think it has to. And uh, I think the way the human element will actually get influenced with thoughts is actually immediately see a lot of productivity coming around with what humans do. Nobody likes to do the mundane task every now and then, right? But the moment you basically add more innovative tasks to each and every person in their daily job by taking all the mundane tasks away and giving it to more, like, parts, uh, you actually have basically created a new inspiration for these people to come to work, right? That's one thing. The second thing is, I think with the bots, uh, it's not just about a broken voice basically coming and talking to you or a you know, a bot running in the background that's actually just processing of data for you. Um, going back to your code, Bonnie, I think the empathy element is going to come a lot more uh, into the uh, the virtual personal assistance that we are going to see in times to come. Thank you. I'm going to circle around to Raj Kanero. Raj, thoughts, please. Raj? Yeah, I think bots uh, help you do things. That's really what bots are supposed to do. Now, does that mean uh, you don't need human beings anymore? Absolutely not. I think what you're doing is up-leveling the things that humans do versus what bots do. Now, one example I was trying to mention earlier, which is that bots are not just for employees of an enterprise to do their jobs. Uh, better, faster, cheaper. Bots are also for consumers when they interact with uh, consumer brands to be able to get information and actually execute a transaction. So there's an element to bots which actually extend the brand you know, into an automated interaction with the consumer and be able to provide you know, service when and where the consumer wants it. So, for example, I could, I could have a banking bot, you know, let's say Chase Bank or Citibank or whatever, the, wherever I bank, and very mm-hmm. easily be able to pull up information about my bank accounts and, you know, manage them. I could have a, a bot for retailers where I would know about sales and things that, you know, I'm interested in. So it's sort of an opt-in to be able to work with the different things in my daily life, you know, to get things done, which otherwise, you know, stays on my to-do list for me to do, or, you know, gets put on my assistance to-do list. So I believe that bots enhance human lives in a significant way, much more impactful than any technology in the past. That's profound. I uh, Wow, I wasn't expecting to hear that. Thank you very much. Someone's going to tweet that. Probably Ryan captured that one. Thank you. I'm going to quickly turn to some comments here in Udav Gupta's notes so we can get this in before we got to go to predictions in just about four and a half minutes. Let's talk about the cloud. Udav, you say today the cloud enables enterprise-ready mobile and web applications to be created and run on any browser. Let me tie it to our topic. You add virtual personal assistance 
citizens will be able to leverage enterprise applications through the cloud, enabling workers to text or speak to their systems to perform tasks as needed. Getting to our topic, Udava, productivity of efficiencies at work, of streamlining all the processes with the help of NLP and the help of AI. You want to just expand us a little bit, and then we'll get some quick comments from our other panelists, uh, Udav? Absolutely, right? So the place where we're seeing a lot of uh, transformation happening is how people are interacting with these really large enterprise applications. In a world where somebody, would, let's take an example, somebody is actually trying to process a service order, uh, they could actually go end-to-end with processing a service order without actually clicking a single thing on the screen. They could completely be doing it over a voice-enabled application that basically is reading out things that they need to know, and the service assistant is actually interacting back with that application completely over voice. That's happening today. Uh, what we're also seeing is as people are having conversations, uh, like you and I and Raj, we could be having conversations about a business, and there could be a bot that is sitting around uh, that's basically listening into these conversations or seeing the conversation threads that's being exchanged and automatically providing us contextual information as we go. Uh, these kinds of things are becoming very, very prevalent in the next generation of enterprise applications that are coming out. Thank you very much. I'm going to circle around to Raj Kaneru. Raj, thoughts on what Udav just joined us with? Well, yes, contextual information, what some people call neural networks, is a is a very real thing. I think the ability to predict uh, certain uh, events that are going to happen and enable people to be cognizant of those uh, events and take action just in time is a is a huge productivity booster in general. But more than that, I think there is a level of intelligence that we don't, we are not accustomed to using today to do our jobs or uh, use in our personal lives. Uh, 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 I would say a, a complete category of intelligence that is being developed on top of the systems of record that we are used to using today, like an SAP or uh, Salesforce or anything else, and that intelligence layer, I think, is a is a huge productivity booster, and bots are the delivery delivery mechanism uh, for that intelligence, which enable people to do do things faster, better, and cheaper overall. Thank you very much. Let's squeeze in some time here for Vic. Vic Bagat, thoughts. Um, you know, I, I think uh, Udav and, and Raj have covered, you know, significant amount of stuff that uh, uh, that we've already talked about. I think, you know, uh, enabling efficiencies in large enterprises is always going to be uh, a differentiator, a, uh, regardless whether you're talking about Chase Bank, or Bank of America, um, you know, U.S. Bank, any of the banking industry. You know, they are they are trying to win my business as a consumer by being extremely efficient. And by differentiating themselves and saying, here is how we make it easy for you to do business with us, right? They all offer exactly the same packages, the same thing, you know, same capabilities. But which is an enterprise that is more efficient and is, is going to help eliminate and remove the bureaucratic way of how I, I as a consumer, conduct business? So I think what Udav and Raj are, are, are jointly saying is that in the enterprise world, you know, how do you give this level of efficiency 
to gain and accelerate more business. And I think the bots and the capability of these digital assistants are going to play a significant role in the future of helping us consume a lot of these services and capabilities, regardless whether we are in the enterprise or the, or the consumer world, they are going to come together where we are going to expect what I do in my personal life to have the same profound impact on my professional life, regardless of you know, where I am. And I think the, 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 the ability of bots to build that bridge and help us become more efficient so we can drive more innovation, so we can take some more time to drive more capability and think about the future is going to be uh, extremely important for us. Because if we are stuck doing bureaucratic work over and rework over and over again, you take away time from focusing on innovation. Thank you very much, Vic. I'm going to ask you a question, Vic. If you're in a hurry and you have to jump really fast, I'll put you first for the predictions. Otherwise, I'm going to go back to Raj. What do you need, Vic? You want to go first? Um, I'm, no, no, I'm okay. I'm okay with you're time okay. right now. Thank Good. you so much. Thank you very much. Okay. I don't know whether to say have Tesla, will travel, or have airplane tickets, will travel. Raj Canero at CORE. Time for predictions. The crystal ball round. I'm going to give you exactly one minute, 60 seconds, no more, because we're almost at the end of the show. What do you think is going to happen in the next, I don't know, you tell me how many years I love the year 2020. What do you see for bots, per- virtual assistants, employee efficiency, all the good productivity topics we've discovered and talked about today in AI? Raj Canero, prediction, 60 seconds, go. Well, I predict that there's a bot for that. So like <laughs> there was an app for that, there is a bot for that. And people are going to just have one digital device. Uh, either their Apple Watch type of device or a smartphone, through which they're going to do their job, they're going to live their lives. And I think over time, people are going to stop using, you know, uh, screen-based applications, and they're just going to talk to bots. There's a bot for that. I love that. I'm tweeting that. It's out there for po- for posterity. Thank you very much, Raj. Appreciate it. And now let's go to Vic Bagat. We did get to you quickly. Vic, I'll give you 60 seconds. How far in the future can you see in the crystal ball? I think I think the bots are going to have a profound game-changing impact uh, as we go um, forward in the future. It's already happening. You know, when I when I think about the movies, there are some of my favorite ones. Dune and and uh, and Star Trek, you know, we were already telling the computer what to do. You know, computer this, computer that, computer tell me this, right? So things are now becoming a reality. So when Rod says there's a bot for that, I call it there's a virtual assistant for that. Right? You go in, you're going to tell, you're going to start conversing with your virtual assistant and saying, go do this for me, go do these tasks for me, and how that transcends into the enterprise world is going to be significant because the pace of how it's going to overtake the, the, the enterprise, which is large companies, of how they are going to drive efficiency internally, are going to be leveraging these bots, capabilities of microservices, and, and the ability to get instant gratification. Thank you very much, Vic. And let's turn to Udav Gupta. Udav, I can give you the same, oh my goodness, yes, just 60 seconds predictions, go. Excellent. Uh, so I think, you know, like how the user experience world actually moved from three clicks to any answer, I think by 2018, 2019, we are basically going to get to a level where you can have three questions for any answer. And these questions would be about responding. Uh, and I think we're not far away from being there where we can actually 
you know, ask and get any information that we want about any topic within three questions. Three questions for any answer. I love that. That would help me a lot because I'm tweeting and looking up and researching while I'm hosting these shows. I would like that a lot. Thank you very much. Gentlemen, it has certainly been interesting talking with you about bots. Great topic. We have to do a shout out to Ryan at CORE for helping to put together the entire panel in the show. Ryan, you rock. Thank you very much. And we had Alicia tweeting. We've got all kinds of people tweeting here. I, too many for me to mention, but thank you all for joining the party. And of course, to David S. Fowler at SAP, the sponsor. And this is season three for the future of business with Game Changers. And a little birdie tells me that Dave is renewing for season four. Woohoo! Very happy to have you on board again. And I want to thank our three panelists again, Raj Canero with Cora, Vic Bagat, independent industry ag- expert of everything, and Udav Gupta at SAP. And let me see what's coming up this is our last live show of the week we'll be back with four or five new live shows next week a shout out to justin and the business channel team and here is my call to action fasten your seatbelt. you got a bot for that can a bot fasten my seatbelt? one day that could be kind of cool as long as it's not too tight what are you waiting for go out and be a game changer today have a great one thanks for listening bye bye <laughs> Thanks again for tuning in to The Future of Business with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. And please join host Bonnie D. Graham again next Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.